You know what? I feel like, yeah, you know, I feel like we are the type of guys who would do what the Scream killer would do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think that's how we should start this discussion. <laughs> would you do Scream? Would you be Scream? <laughs> I want to be Kenny Powers and get a blowjob while wearing the Scream mask. Oh, damn. Does he do that? Yeah. I don't remember that. It's a pretty sick move. <laughs> well, you know, it's even better. He asks... Um, the sex worker he's soliciting if he can do that. Oh, okay. <laughs> very cool. We'll see some inspired uses of the scream mask in the first topic of discussion for tonight's Patreon after hours episode. Uh, scary movie directed by Keenan Ivory Wayans. Uh, this is just a landmark film. You know, we had discussed some parody films before. We've talked about the Kentucky Fried movie. What a piece of work that one is. <laughs> uh, but, you know, we, we thought we'd go through the 2000s, the boom, and the the three kind of categories uh, of these films. You know, I, I diagrammed it <laughs> out. The best episodes are when I'm drawing diagrams. <laughs> because on this weigh-ins trajectory, you have, you know, films leading up to this, like Don't Be a Menace in South Central while drinking your juice in the hood. Uh, and then you have Scary Movie, Scary Movie 2, uh, and then the franchise changes hands. But they make a few more of these parody movies. They made, you know, Dance Flick and A Haunted House as well as A Haunted House 2 and uh, Fifty Shades of Black most recently, which I'm so sorry I didn't get to. I I really (laughs) wanted to watch that one. But then, you know, credited on Scary Movie also uh, is Friedberg and Seltzer, you know, and they had already came into the parody game beforehand with Spy Hard uh, starring everyone's favorite parody actor, uh, uh, Leslie Nielsen. But then they went on to have one of the most legendary runs in film history. Uh, once the scary movie franchise started to die down, they did date movie, epic movie, meet the Spartans, disaster movie, vampires suck, best night ever, super fast, among others. Uh, and then when the Wayans and Friedberg and Zeltzer are gone from scary movie, who takes over but good old Zaz? You get David Zucker, you know, uh, he directs scary movie three and four. But, you know, you, you don't got the classic Zaz writing team. It's more of a more of a Zam, you know, on, on one of them you get Abrahams. But for the most part, it's David Zucker and Craig Mazin. <laughs> who would go on to be the writer-director of Superhero Movie in 2008 and The Hangover 2 and 3 films he was the writer of. And he also wrote some prestige televisions, such as Chernobyl. He finally came up and got the, you know, the glory he was looking for. I think that says something about prestige television. Yeah, no, it's like (laughs) such, so many people have this like pussy bullshit track record of like, you do like trash comedy, like you do like the most gutter, like dumb as shit comedies. Mm -hmm. And you're like, well, actually I'm a learned man. Let (laughs) me tell you something, folks. Communism was bad. <laughs> uh, you did you did some research on this one too, right, JT? Uh, yeah, I did a heavy deep dive <laughs> of like just fucking breaking my brain, where it was like, I don't know. There was this like clear boom that happens. I did like scary movie. I think is the start of it for me. This very particular type of parody movie that I wrote down like. I think the basic characteristics, because like you had mentioned uh, Leslie Nielsen as like um, one of like the greats of parody movies. And like obviously it exists as a genre like super far back. Um, I think when I was like going through the wiki for parody movies, one of the first examples they give is after the great train robbery came out, the same director just reshot like the, the, the 
stuff of the movie with kids. <laughs> and that's the first parody movie, which that's is awesome. awesome. Yeah. Damn, I got to watch that one. <laughs> um, but like this particular breed, I think it's like for the most part, it's the characters in the movie are based on existing characters from films. There's like a loose like genre framework tackling of it. I mean, that kind of breaks down like throughout all of them, even though they like have the umbrella genre. And then I feel like the plot engines are all in all of them are just driving the movie from parody to parody mm-hmm. to parody scene. So it's kind of like sketch stuff, but none of them are like a coherent sketch. It's just reference to reference to reference. And it also has a like joke density in the script of really no other style of comedy movie unless you go back to like... 30s like early talkies where they're just showing off how much you're allowed to talk in movies now (laughs) and and like as you as you go along you know through the 2000s through these parody movies the references become denser and denser and oh yeah i mean you know the friedberg and seltzer directorial efforts are kind of just just uh not even referencing the movies anymore but more their trailers yeah you know and like just not even not even really trying to attempt to like uh, figure out, you know, like the mechanics of that movie because the first scary movie is very um, well in tune. I mean, such as you know, same with Scream, I guess, is what yeah. what they're parroting. But it's like with the mechanics of horror, horror cliches, where it's like something like Epic Movie that goes all out the window, and it's just like just these epic moments. <laughs> you get it's literally it's literally just a big barf bag of yeah. references. It's just all the most epic moments of every epic trailer of the mid 2000s yeah. put into a blender and given to level D actors, you know. Yeah. And like beyond that, it's also just like cultural bullshit too yeah. that for some reason like Oh, you think George Bush not caring about black <laughs> people is cultural bullshit? <laughs> well, I mean in Disaster Movie, there is a parody of the head-on applied directly to the forehead commercial yeah and it's just like i why (laughs) it's just i mean that commercial is baked into my mind but it like watching these movies is like the closest you can get to to i mean we're not going to give away our time machine but like you can get to like being in the 2000s like by skimming like the pond and getting in the gutters you get the purest distillation of like 2000s trash yeah it's like you're watching tv you know these references to commercials are like you're going to commercial you know someone just saying in the middle of a fight scene oh i just saved 15 percent on my car insurance it's like yeah all right, blow my fucking brains out, why don't you? Uh, I mean, yeah, even it's even in the first one, Scary Movie, the was up. Yeah, exactly, parody, yeah. which it's funny in Scary yeah, Movie. Yeah, I don't know, yeah. it's, it's funny in Scary Movie the way that, you know, uh, some of the commercial parodies from Saturday Night Live were still funny uh, because... I don't know. I don't I don't really know what it is about the first scary movie that were I mean we should talk about this movie in depth. This is the one that all of us watched. Yeah. It has some like set pieces that really just call back to that, you know, we talked about on the main feed where 90s Hollywood like general competence of filmmaking was that and scary movie comes in 2000, but I think you get a little bit of leeway there. Mm-hmm. Uh like the first scene where you're parodying the opening of Scream and it's a loose scream remake it's not beat for beat but like the first and third acts particularly are very Mm -hmm. close to being scream uh and you could criticize that you know scream is already calling back to all of these films it's like the ultimate meta text of slasher movies but i think that's kind of a perfect playground to go off of you know you could say it's a hat on a hat and if you say that 
stop listening to comedy podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, here's a hot take. Maybe people aren't ready for it, but maybe a more effective parody and deconstruction, you know, deconstruction of, you know, these horror tropes or not, maybe not better, but a braver, more blunt approach. <laughs> well, I love Scream as a horror movie, but mm-hmm. in terms of it being like, a t- taking the temperature of where culture was at, I think scary movie is probably a more effective yeah. tool. Like if you're looking at it in an anthropological sense, you know. True. Also, I mean, part of the fun of scary movie, and like I, I, I really, I really did like scary movie, and I, I feel like it, it does, it didn't really lull where something like scary movie four does, or mm-hmm. that's just one of the ones I randomly decided to watch this week. There's really no rhyme or reason <laughs> to what we decided to watch, but um. I don't know. Yeah, maybe it's like a it's adherence to the plot, but there's like sort of a prestige in scary movie that it doesn't exist in its following sequels. Well, I it's feel. the only one that's shot in CinemaScope too, uh, and there's some beautiful compositions. I'll tell yeah. you what, you know, some of them are mimicking Scream compositions, courtesy of Wes Craven. But like, it's a it's a decently good looking movie. I gotta say, yeah. like the scene where the flashback to them driving and you know, there's a lot of great driving humor in the screen in, in the scary movie series. A lot of kids getting hit by cars, <laughs> that's a recurring motif. But uh this one where they run a guy over insane. <laughs> Also, Roadhead being a prominent motif in the first yeah. two, only in the Keenan Ivory Ways <laughs> directorial efforts of the Scary Movie franchise, are, does Roadhead play such a grand part. <laughs> I mean, I feel like what makes the, uh, the Scary Movies stand out, I mean, particularly the first one, is that it adheres more to a strict plot and strict conventions, which I don't think necessarily like help the movie, but I feel like they make the... Um, meta digressions less like random humor yeah Mm -hmm. and i think it just like i don't know the other movies that follow in this genre aren't even really like movies in a way this like has that sort of structure which i feel like props it up and like makes it like more respectable and it it, it it's a way of grounding itself too because Keenan Ivory Wayans at this point, this is like maybe his fifth or sixth movie. Like he's a pretty he's accomplished. He's been on TV for like 20 years. That too, mm-hmm. exactly. I mean, yeah, he's been, he's created a lot of things before, you know. And uh, yeah, I think there is like a lot of well done stuff. I mean, I think Anna Faris is, oh, you know, a star. Phenomenal. Yeah. And of course, movie. all of the scary movie series, all the ones she's in. But I think especially this one, very strong at, you know, kind of playing the classic horror movie final girl type you know and i think the humor the style of the humor and sure i'm i'm sure it was like test screen to death or whatever mm-hmm. but the style kind of is this grab bag of gross out humor and stuff that you may have seen on like the wayans brothers like sitcom that they had that they complain about getting canceled uh, but also stuff that maybe would have been in like a zazz spoof mm-hmm. you know like the camera pushing in on a terrified anna Ferris and then bonking her in the face <laughs> it's a good bit yeah i mean also i mean i just the i think the scream mask character he gets in a lot of funny scenarios especially that final party where he smokes weed with all the stoners one of the funniest things in any movie (laughs) i'm sorry it's true it's you're lying to yourself you don't think it's true but (laughs) due to the scream mask they make a bong out of the fish tank (laughs) due to the scream mask is hitting it and they're all just going crazy uh the the amount of hype in that room whenever he enters the the chill stoner room is just like it hypes me up 
when I'm watching it. I mean, I think like that's a testament. Like the best part about this movie is Shorty the Stoner. Yeah. Like I love his character so much. I mean, the other Waynes in this, I feel like, is the worst part of it because it's like. I mean, there are parts that I think are really funny. I just think the joke of him being obviously gay is like very like I don't know bad. Yeah. He's just very tired. He's deeply closeted. Yes. He's not he's not gay. Yeah, exactly. Classic norm bit. <laughs> Classic norm bit. Yeah. <laughs> uh yeah, okay. The premise of his character is not funny, but there are funny bits in his oh, character. Yeah, Come on. for sure. I mean the, the ear, like the, the, glory ear, the whole thing yes, is one no, of the that, things that is like one of the best parts of the movie for sure. <laughs> so uh, for those who haven't seen it or seen a screenshot that I've posted relentlessly. <laughs> <laughs> You know, he goes in the bathroom, sees a glory hole, doesn't know what it is, already know it's going to be a good bit. <laughs> to, you know, p- puts his eye up to it, can't see anything, puts his ear up to it, and then boom, defying the laws of <laughs> physics and physiology, the, uh, the the erect penis of the glory hole goes straight th- one, in one ear and out the other. <laughs> I mean, you know what's also fun about this? You know, I didn't really see these movies as a, a young adolescent, which, you know, as much as I... I enjoyed it you know regardless of how good you know the movies were watching these probably is the time to watch these movies you know when they're at their best but it was just kind of fun understanding all the playground references that i missed out on. exactly that was that was what was kind of comforting to me and kind of made me think about the days of old yeah i don't know like that's one thing in doing this insane dive that like um I, I wanted to bring this question to the table because I know it was something that I really interrogated myself about. It's like, why did I watch like five of these movies this week when I could be like I could have done something far more like um, fruitful of an investigation? Not to not to say that I don't think like looking at these and like this genre isn't meaningful and worthwhile. But I mean, I, I was like trying to think about like, what is it? What aspects of it? fascinated in me and why I was trying to unlock this and I mean I think one like the childhood like be these are the forbidden fruit I couldn't yeah. have these and now I can finally get it but I think also it's just like I don't know helps you understand like a particular cultural moment really well and something that is so recent but feels so divorced from like the current entertainment landscape and it's like obviously we see the death of like mid-budget comedy kind of happen like at large but like this type of film in particular they really like pump them out like there are three of these in like 2008 (laughs) and then they just like stop making money and they just uh just shit the bed and it's like why but why did they stop like what why did people lose interest i don't know yeah but what why did you guys do this as well (laughs) Well, I I wanted to point out one more scene from Scary Movie before we wrap up on that one, which is, you know, toward the end, they're recreating the scene from Scream where the two uh, guys that were in the mask are, you know, explaining what they had done. And, you know, they do the thing where they stab each other, you know, but the line you've watched one too many scary movies is replaced with you've watched one too many TV shows, which just leads (laughs) to them complaining about the the Wayans Brothers show getting canceled prematurely (laughs) while they're stabbing you guys are psychos you've seen one too many tv shows no watching television shows doesn't create psycho killers canceling tv shows does the Wayans brothers was a good show man it was a good ass show and we didn't even get a final episode
also, it's just like uh, David Lynch smashing the TV in the beginning of Firewalk with me. You know, it's a frustration at a different medium not allowing an artist uh, to lose <laughs> their, uh, their true expression, you know? No, definitely. I think these movies are very consumable, too, which is a big yeah. plus. And I... I don't know. It is it is kind of like you do want to do a heat check on where the culture was and how, you know, things, you know, progressed in that parody movie structure. You were saying that, like, you know, you, you see, like, why did they stop making these? They're pumping them out. And like even through like Seltzberg, Seltz, <laughs> Friedrich, <laughs> you can call them that. <laughs> yeah, the Seltzberg, the, the, the comedy duo of Aaron Friedberg and... uh I don't know, Mr. Seltzer. Mr. <laughs> Mr. Seltzer. I mean, those movies are cheap as fuck. Like, like there's in some of those, it looks like they're getting like party rental Hollywood yeah. city type, you know, costumes. And it, like, you just, it's, a, it's just funny to see how like they made a cheaper version of Scary Movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think that they get into a different wheelhouse in terms of the references, and I think it's Scary Movie Three that really marks that pivot for me where you're doing a couple of different parodies at mm-hmm. once you know scary movie three and four the two zucker ones it's usually multiple movies that combine at the climax you know in a very obvious way which mm-hmm. is supposed to be the point or whatever uh but then after that it's like it just becomes how many references can you get into a yeah. movie you know like scary movie had a lot of cultural references it had a few movie references it's mainly about the tropes of the movies though and it's structured around this one movie that's also about those tropes. Mm-hmm. The Friedberg and Seltzer ones. Oh my God. <laughs> it's like, let's see how many references per minute we can get, how many mini parodies we can get. Mm-hmm. You know, what's the cheapest version of a parody of Click we can do? Oh, we can just have everyone stand around pretending to be paused. <laughs> well, I was going to say the, the climax of epic movie struck me, and there's this. Click saved the day, which is like, yeah. you got to give it up for that. Yeah. No, yeah. I was I was very surprised. But like the way they use the remote even is just like heel. Pe- like instead of like the logical <laughs> thing of like them rewinding back in time before his friends got stabbed. He just there's a heel person button on the click. <laughs> and like and that's what I kind of like about these movies. And it's like obviously probably not intentional, but just how the lack of respect it has for everything that's going on and everything that's parroting and a distaste for the culture at large, which, you know, we could all relate to sometimes. I I feel like it's just a big, you know, lazy fuck you (laughs) to Hollywood, even though it's, you know, it's trying to, it's, it's feeding off its fucking table crumbs, but it's like, it is, it's just like, it's not even inspecting what's on the table. No, for sure. I mean, for Epic Movie in particular, I feel like, and this is, you know, the most generous reading and very inadvertently this would be true. Like the directors did not mean it, but inadvertently it's a critique of this like post 9-11 blockbuster that can't be like a 9-11 movie. You know, you think of the Adam Curtis uh, montage and hypernormalization of all those movies Mm -hmm. that just look like 9-11 built leading up to Mm -hmm. 9-11. Then you couldn't make those anymore. So you just make these weird, like epic movies that sometimes have Mm -hmm. a fantasy tinge and sometimes have a sci-fi tinge. And, you know, the climax, maybe they're just big orbs being shot at each other or, you know, big ancient uh, battlefields. You know, you don't don't get the suburban or urban decay other than in like war the worlds really mm-hmm. uh and so i think this one is taking advantage of that and it just sh- it like doubles down on like the postmodernism of those and it's not like a hat on a hat it's 
just like a hat machine that just like <laughs> inverts your hat and turns it into a black hole of cultural detritus. Yeah. Well, I mean, in terms of what you were saying, Malcolm, about like the sort of fuck you to and like yeah. such apathy and laziness, mm-hmm. I feel like it's coming like right at a perfect time where like. I don't know, in the 2010s, it's just, like, some of the most abysmal, like, mm-hmm. blockbuster filmmaking, and just, like, that's, like, 2008, like, when, like, three of these are released is when, like, Iron Man, like, yeah, comes out for exactly. the first time, and, like, it, it's just... He came out for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> He's been doing it every other day since. Um, but it's... I, I should give a scary movie six. <laughs> Dude, that was my that was my secret segment, is I wanted to plan one of these movies. But anyway, JT, yeah, what sorry. were you saying? Yeah. No, it's all good. It's fitting that, like, as movies are dying in the way they are, there's this last breath, fuck you, that's, like, just so, like, I mean, as someone who loves, like, movies that are obsessed with, like, movie references and movie things, it's, like, the ultimate dog shit version of that that's just frantic and crazy. I said in, like, I, I mean, I did a very long letterboxed review of Epic Movie today, but it's, like, that mania that's going on there is just, like, I'm, like, rolling my eyes the entire time, and they're missing so hard with so many jokes, but I'm never bored. They're so watchable, and I think that, like, the cruelty of them and and fuck you nature is so much more honest than, like, the dishonest, liberal, like, bullshit um, that's the put, niceties. Yeah, the nicety, yeah. like nice core. It's like it's so refreshing to see, like, because you know these fucking people hate all of the movies around them. Hate yeah. they're like the people they're working with. Yeah, <laughs> um, they and, despise all of the actors. Yeah, and, and it's just like it's so nice to see them like let that fuck you out there, yeah. as opposed to like hiding it with like, oh well, we're like we're gonna be really nice yeah. and we love everything. And it's not like their fuck yous are good fuck yous no <laughs> like yeah. it is they are just kind of taking trailer moments and just referencing them or slightly subverting them or just giving you the implication like all of this is so stupid and like we were not even going to take this even not even seriously but not even really think about anything just just pure flow state of just 100 percent gutter comedy exactly like at its worst in terms of its subjects and how easy they are to make fun of and how weakly they do it it's like they're striking out in t-ball yeah (laughs) (laughs) but i think it actually comes upon some nice moments it's hilarious that the opening shot of this is an exterior of the louvre like (laughs) (laughs) because this film does belong in a museum you know Uh, but the references here are just like to such bad movies you know i i think it was emmett in the discord said Mm -hmm. that like the thing about most of these movies, I don't know if he made this distinction, but it's definitely after Scary Movie 4, you know, once mm-hmm. you get the Friedberg and Seltzer run, they're just as bad as the movies they're parodying. Yeah, you know, the parody, the, the movies they're parodying suck. And it's like, this movie, you got the Da Vinci Code. You got the Willy Wonka <laughs> with Johnny Depp, which, I gotta say, Crispin Glover doing that character, True. killing Yeah, that's great. You get great. a nice bookend in this film. The beginning, you get some crisp... Crispin Glover ownage, and at the end you get some late great Fred Willard ownage. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, but yeah, Willy Wonka, Nacho Libre, Snakes on a Plane, which I think is a definitive terrible movie of this era because it went beyond test screenings. It was like internet bloggers, you know, yucking it up at the, that line. So then it ended up making it into the movie with reshoots. And, you know, they make fun of that in this movie that's just as bad as Snakes on a Plane. You know, uh, X-Men, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, MTV Cribs and its obsession with Scarface, uh, Tokyo Drift, which is fine. Uh, Superman, uh, Mission Impossible, also good. Uh, punked Harry Potter, uh, Borat, which oh boy, the Borat in epic movie is rough. <laughs> that's what's so that's what's so funny about it. the Borat impersonation is literally the lowest effort thing I've ever seen. It's like, hey, I'm Borat. That's a that's a free actor on Craigslist. That's a free Borat impersonator. <laughs> Oh. He literally just does the jokes from Borat too. Like he yeah. just says my wife and not. That's it. <laughs> I mean, one of the like funny things about like I watched Disaster Movie before I watched Epic Movie and they came out like a year apart. And they're Friedberg and Seltzer are even doing like the Austin Powers things of recycling jokes from previous movies. <laughs> and it, it's like it's fucking insane. I mean, I guess the turnover, they made a lot of those movies yeah. in a short amount of time. JT, what do you think about Disaster Movie? I didn't get to watch that one. Um, Disaster Movie? Let me... Things that I wrote down from it. Uh, there's a rapist, Dr. Phil. There's a scene where, like, uh, <laughs> Carmen Electra... Like, Carmen Electra is another recurring character in a lot of the Freebirds. She's the veteran. Ones. She's in a Friend lot of, of the, the scary pod. movies. Too. She's also in Monster <laughs> Island, which yeah, is, like, a yeah. good version of one of these kind True. of... I yeah. mean, it's just she's the classic hot girl. Mm -hmm. And then it's, like, you sort of see, like, the... I, I mean, there's signaling forward into the 2010s um, here in Disaster Movie in, like, 2008. There's, like... Kim Kardashian plays like one of the main characters like up until like I think like the second act where she's killed off but she and Carmen Electra fight in like a just like straight up like exploitation like scene where it's like just them wrestling <laughs> it's just a scene of them Carmen Electra and Kim Kardashian in a ring wrestling there's again uh Flavor Flav is referenced in Disaster Movie Juno um there's i don't know a, a recurring theme throughout all of them i feel like is just like the whitest people alive doing like their take on like contemporary like mainstream black music yeah. there's like so much like just like break dancing Bling and, humor yeah throughout Which all of also these. comes in the third and fourth scary movie yeah, in say. a heavy dosage like it goes from being essentially a black movie weinstein produced black movie yeah, you know, it, yeah. it's yeah. a wayne's brothers movie that has a lot of whitewashing in it yeah but it is through and through a wayne's brothers movie and that they've you know made that a point of their career yeah uh, yeah i mean think about their previous movies they made uh, a parody of hood movies you know yeah exactly it becomes then a diet zazz. Uh, you know, when we talked about me, myself, and Irene and the Farrelly brothers trying to give it up for the hood, uh, <laughs> this one is like the way worse version of that. You know, the David Zucker, Craig Mazin writing staff were really, really into the idea that hip hop culture in the 2000s, just as is, is funny. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we both watched Scary Movie 4, right? Yeah, Scary Movie 4 was... That was the worst one I watched, I think. Yeah, that was pretty rough. 
And that's when you said rapist Dr. Phil, Dr. Phil also appears <laughs> Dude, in that one. The Dr. Phil Shack bit, the cold open of Scary Movie 4, that is the worst in terms of just like timing of the editing and the performance. Yeah. They really stitched those two together <laughs> yeah. in that scene. It's and that's the thing. That's something I kept seeing on Letterboxd and on Twitter when there was a I posted about it. People were like, yeah. oh, dude, the Dr. Phil and Shaq thing's funny. It's like, are you sure? Because yeah. I, I don't think so. And like we, we're, we've admitted to be you know big Shaq fans. Oh, he's a great and, actor yeah. after this. He's a great yeah. actor once he's in Grown Ups. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> once he get the Duke in touch. Exactly. But he's also one. The funniest part of that opening scene with Dr. Phil and Shaq in a saw-like room mm-hmm. is that he puts on his heat-like jersey. You know, they can't quite get the rights. Even Scary Movie 3, they couldn't get those NBA rights. So he's just wearing a generic basketball jersey that's white and red and has his number 32. But mm-hmm. on the poster, he's wearing his Heat jersey. Interesting. They got to sell those copies, man. Yeah. This one felt like a, a mishmash. I mean, as much as we're kind of saying, you know, the scary movies are just somewhat above level above the epic movies, you know, the, the Seltzberg originals. Like Scary Movie Four is pretty much epic movie. Yeah, tier. I mean, I I enjoyed it less, to be frank. Oh, me too. But like, even like the way it because it does do that thing where it's just it's, it seems like a, a more of a state of the culture. It's trying to be yeah. like a state because we're, hey, it's not just scary movies now. Now it's Brokeback Mountain and. Uh, Tom Cruise's appearance on the Oprah show where he yeah. jumps on the couch, which ends the movie for the lo- that the, scene is yeah. 10 hours long. Yeah, it is. It, there's no reason for that scene to exist. And it's like their big <laughs> capper yeah. with their huge comedic star, Craig Burko, Birko, who is a piece of wood in this movie. Just I, I do think the third one is pretty good, though. Mm-hmm. I, I know you didn't take to it, but uh, and that was a while back that you watched. Yeah, it, I mean, I yeah, I. It was a while back. I think there there is like a just the inkling of classic Zucker timing in that, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you get a pretty bad cold open. I remember the third one, I threw it on and I was like, this is going to be the worst movie ever. Mm-hmm. But then you get Charlie Sheen just bonking his head, hitting his balls, just Charlie <laughs> Sheen getting hurt. And he sells all of those gags so fucking well in Scary <laughs> Movie 3. Definitely takes it down a notch in Scary Movie 4. Not giving quite the same level of performance, despite the fact that Scary Movie 4 uh, does open with a great Charlie Sheen bit uh, for his character, you know, where he accidentally overdoses on Viagra and grows a five-foot boner that a cat attacks. And then he throws the cat out the high-rise apartment, and then he body slams it phallus first. That was probably my favorite bit Easily. in Scary Movie, movie 4. straight downhill I, from I that. can't even really remember... Other bits from Scary yeah, Movie Yeah, I was going to say, what even happens? It's like War of the Worlds. Yeah. And uh, there's also a Million Dollar Baby uh, flashback yeah. reference, which is like, come on. Like, you're really not better than these movies. Yeah. You know, the like Village. War of the Worlds, The Village, and Million Dollar Baby. Those are like <laughs> great movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the other, you got Bill Paxton showing up yeah. in the Village parody, which is like, that's uh, aside from James Woods. Maybe their most highest profile get in the scary movie. I'm trying to think. Probably. I mean, James yeah. Woods is in the second one, and uh, he replaced the late Marlon Brando, who yeah. was supposed to be in that film. <laughs> I um, what I one positive. I do kind of like Chris Elliott's performance in Scary Movie Four as. I like him in Scary Movie Two. 
yeah and four but yeah. yeah chris elliott is pretty good as ezekiel but he uh plays a mentally disabled character yeah pretty, and you know uh, he does it pretty well because yeah. he's chris elliott he's a funny mm-hmm. guy and uh you know all the best to him <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah uh you know these movies we can't co-sign them you know in terms of uh everything in them yeah. but uh so to wind back the clock a little on Scary Movie, though, I think Scary Movie 2 is worthwhile. The mm-hmm. second uh, Wayans Brothers entry in the franchise is definitely not good, and it tries to do a real like horror climax, kind of, yeah. uh, and it's so bad. Like the, the That's one that really starts a lot better than it ends, but it kind of does a lot of the sequel stuff knowingly, you know? Yeah. Uh, instead of Shorty smoking weed with the dude in the scream mask, he smokes weed with a a weed plant that lights up a doobie with him and you know that's pretty funny and there's some inspired needle drops such as smack my bitch up and uh ride with me which closes the film and closes the wayans brothers contribution to the scary movie franchise you know it opens with the uh the parents of the woman who gets killed in the beginning of it you know uh servicing each other on the road and the second film ends uh, with one of the Wayans brothers getting serviced on the road set to Ride With Me, of course. One of the great songs of the era. One of the great roadhead songs of its time. <laughs> <laughs> nah, no, I ain't hear nothing. <sighs> if you want to go and take a ride with me, we three willing in the four with the dozies. Oh, Uh, but yeah, that one introduces Chris Elliott and David Cross, and David Cross is in a wheelchair, and there is a basketball dance number uh, that involves David Cross break dancing in a wheelchair, and I gotta mm. say, it's pretty fucking funny. It's like <laughs> one of the funniest things in the franchise, for sure. That one definitely looks attractive, I mean, just because of It's Cross. the crudest one, yeah. for sure. It, absolutely yeah. no taste, like epic movie level taste, but better, like more well-made. I mean, yeah, just cro- Cross and Elliot being involved alone. I mean, even Kim Kardashian in Disaster Movie kind of sounds inter- interesting. I'm sure it's not revelatory, but yeah. uh, <laughs> it, it's just like, you know, just some some weird names get in there. You know, I love Carmen Electra, but, you know, maybe she was in one or two too many of these. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah. There's a lot of good bits in the third one. Charlie Sheen's son trying to have like an eight mile esque career. Uh, you know, a lot of dumb like white rapper stuff from the early 2000s. That's not that funny, but the bus that picks him up, it doesn't even have like a name for the route or anything. It just has Da Hood on the bus. And it's like, okay, that's kind of funny. <laughs> that's that's where like these movies are the funniest. And maybe like I can't even remember some of these jokes, but it is just like it'll flash to something and it's named something funny. Yeah, there's a lot of great insert <laughs> yeah. shots on yeah. this. Uh, the the police scanner when uh anna ferris calls in the first one and you just see the white woman in trouble alert yeah and, like, immediately cut, cut to the cops approaching on the scene kurt fuller as uh the, the main cop is very funny yeah. and scary movie when he's uh you know it's like, i gotta show you some pictures and it's uh you know just pictures of him in a speedo yeah you know, posing this I, one do it for you yeah i think i think the joke hit rate in scare the original scary movie for me is kind of high i was kind of yeah. surprised by like how much I was just enjoying, not even like, cause I was expecting to find things funny, but you know, maybe here and there, but I was like mm-hmm. consistently throughout, I think it keeps the pace yeah. pretty, pretty high. And you know, the laughs plenty. You also have the character of Doofy, the uh, mentally disabled character who mm-hmm. is definitely the butt of the joke until he gets his little Kaiser Sose ending. <laughs> <laughs> that is one of the parts where it's like, okay, they are really just trying to put in some extra parodies here. Yeah. But uh, giving him the Kaiser Sose ending is pretty funny. because no, it's like that's great. That's saying that that's Kevin Spacey. <laughs> <laughs> 
And, you know, maybe you think, you know, that's kind of crude, but in light of recent events, you know, it's a good takedown. Yeah. Did you watch Meet the Spartans? Um, I did when I was younger. Yeah, me I, too. Like, I, I really... Did you stay for the musical sequence at the end? Uh, I don't think so. I didn't see it in the theater. <laughs> oh, I did. My friend at school told me to stay after the credits because it was going to be the funniest <laughs> shit I've ever seen. And it's like the cast of Meet the Spartans dancing. That's sick. That's, that that sounds cool. That happens in a lot of them. In yeah. Date Movie, it ends with like them saying like. Oh, just, how is Date Movie? Date Movie is like I think probably the worst one. <laughs> it opens with like, which is weird because it has like I feel like Allison Hannigan is like one of the the higher tier leading ladies that happens to be in one of these movies, but like. She starts in a fat suit and it's like shallow hell if like they went the route you thought they were going to. And it's just uh, it's it's even worse from there. Is it, is it directly referencing shallow hell or no? Um, I'm not sure. Shallow hell was like five years old at that that's point. True. Yeah. But it's an idea that captured the imagination of a lot. of people. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> I wanted to get like. I, like into the late the late era of these really fascinates mm-hmm. me because 20 2010 is the last major theatrical release um that wasn't alongside like video on demand with vampires suck and that one like did pretty well i imagine just it like made 60 million um profit at the box office but i imagine that's just piggybacking off of the success of twilight mm-hmm. but after that like that one was made for 20 million but they're all made for like are like significantly less like a few million yeah and the last uh salzburg one that they did was super fast in 2015 which just feels like such a late point to be clocking in with one of these movies where i'm like curious like are they are they even lazier yeah (laughs) i mean you'd have to imagine so i mean you know that made me think, I'm like, why didn't do a superhero parody? But you do have a superhero movie. And I know we were shitting on the Maz, dude, the M- Mr. Mason. But uh, I do remember enjoying superhero movie when I was 12. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> also, you watched Not Another Teen Movie, kind of a movie that orbits outside of the universe we're talking about. Yeah, right? no, it's yeah. by a different uh, director. And I think, like, yeah. one of the better uh, of these types of parodies. Same, yeah. Because there are I'll a agree. few of these that like are outside of the auteurs that we had mentioned outside of that general orbit. There's like another gay movie is an independent version of it. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's like uh, the, the most recent one I could find of this style parody movie is Avengers of justice farce wars, which is like, has none (laughs) absolutely no names farce wars (laughs) attached to it. But like, um, uh, not another teen movie I feel like is the best genre equipped for it because they have like sort of like and already like a genre that's filled with like stock characters and like it's I, I feel like it's the best suited for it and like delivers through a lot of really good performances and just like it's three plots one is like some young boys trying to lose their virginity um, the main one is like an artsy girl trying to like uh, uh, settle down. The other is uh, Chris Evans is the jock who's like some type of sleazy asshole who gets dared to like make her hot and take her to the prom. And uh, it winds up being like really funny. I mm-hmm. thoroughly enjoyed it. I remember renting that one from Blockbuster and watching it in my mom's room 
<laughs> Evans I've, is an actor I don't really know because like besides the Marvel movies, I think I saw Snowpiercer and he was I don't even remember that movie, but this his performance uh, in that movie very strong, very yeah, good, very. He funny. goes full bozo. Another performance in that one that I really liked was fuck a Quaid, who was Randy, uh, who's in Kingpin. Yeah, yeah, it was Randy. He's like he's the uh, father of the daughter and like I mean the opening scene is a classic it's like she's like masturbating in bed with like a dildo and then her dad barges in but then it's like her her brothers like the priest like the whole town it's like kind of like the something about Mary like yeah. uh, Dick Stuck joke mm-hmm. but it, it works it's good it's Randy, Randy Quaid seems well equipped to be in those type of movies movie yeah. 43 oh, oh. remember that is kind of the Fairleys and Company's attempt at one of these movies. But I, those are just sketches mostly. Yeah, it wasn't one auteur's vision, you know. But they're not even parroting things in that movie, right? No, I guess no. not. Yeah. No. So I'm trying da- to think if there is a... Spe- I, I feel like there's a specific parody in there. So there's yeah. a superhero one. Oh, like dating. Yeah. True. So bad. That was so bad. Movie 43... Rough. rough not not nearly the worst thing we've watched for the podcast true. i i still think kentucky fried movie is the worst comedy that we've watched on the podcast yeah true if not the worst movie yeah i was gonna say movie 43 not great not great not great say, but i like certain parts of it enough yeah you know yeah and, and yeah epic movie trumps both of those the, yeah you know we should make our own one of these movies though i, I would like to yeah what would be like the topic though what what, what movie we could do East, eastwood movies oh, that, there we go oh damn i was gonna say a24 movie that's more of a more of a worthwhile target you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah fair enough art house movie yeah art house movie <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh. A twenty four movie would be pretty cool, you know. You you, <laughs> you you take the scary movie three or four route, where you take a couple of them and make them the mm-hmm. same movie, you know. So you got you got your A plot with, uh, let's say it's uh, the spectacular now. <laughs> Anyone know what that movie's about? <laughs> no, no. I, uh, it's then... about time travel. I Is think it? that's yeah. one. Of, that's one of those indie movies that it just looks. I'll never like. There's no chance me ever watching. Okay, I, I'm putting it together yeah. now because okay. one of the other threads is going to be mid '90s. Yes. So they use the spectacular mm-hmm. machine to go back to the mid '90s. Hell yes. <laughs> yeah. But then they're stuck in the mid '90s, unfortunately, yeah. and, and then, they learn how to skateboard and all that stuff. Then they go back to Vavitch land. What? The Vitch, dude. You know Oh yeah, the yeah. Oh, so they go way back in the Well, time that's machine. a time I'm thinking of time pieces. Here. Okay. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I get it. Yeah, so yeah. how about we get like our group of characters from the spectacular now? You got your Miles Teller lookalike. You got your other stock A24 players lookalikes. Mm-hmm. Half of them go back to the Vavitch land and it's kind of a yeah. Vavitch lighthouse uh yeah. annihilation uh prestige genre parody yeah, you yeah, know yeah and then you get your mid 90s indie cool kid parody you know maybe throw yeah. a little ladybird in there oh you know? mid, mid something about mid 90s and midsummer getting oh, them yeah. together yeah, i was yeah. gonna say i <laughs> parody scene for midsummer when uh there's that weird sex scene with the woman. Instead of it being weird sex scene, he's just getting his dick sucked and he's enjoying it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> okay, so on, on the on the thread where it's like the prestige uh, horror movies, you know, they're in the olden times. Yeah. And Miles Teller is like trying to charge his phone. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, and they're vaping and yeah. uh, <laughs> this stuff writes itself. This stuff absolutely. Give writes us twenty itself. million dollars, like we're <laughs> yeah. fucking Aaron Seltzberg. Um, I was I not to you know budget. We're not we're not about the money here. You yeah, know we what? can make one of these for eight hundred thousand. I was gonna say yeah, like Lords of Salem was made for like one and a half million dollars, and they're given like twenty million dollars to make <laughs> an epic movie. Like that doesn't even look like where's the money even going into for those movies? Like, I mean that those those are actually, scams. Yeah, I was scams. gonna say I've I've long said that Hollywood productions are pure embezzlement. True, uh, especially when you take any sort of closer look at a budget breakdown. Mm-hmm. Uh, those movies might be the thesis or like the main support of that thesis. Where's the money going? <laughs> I mean, Bergen Seltzer billionaires. <laughs> They're <laughs> paying themselves like the Trumps. Yeah. That's like a Dan Blazarian <laughs> boss yeah. move. That was like, instead of investing in CBD companies and stuff, like yeah. you would make a parody movie. Oh, damn. <laughs> okay. So I'm still working on this movie. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So we have half of our characters and if you could throw out some actors, that would be lovely, but yeah. you know, you don't have to. Chalamet is a... Oh, sh- okay. So we got a Chalamet. He's like a gay guy. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. It's okay. good. Good. Like they make him be that in the 1800, in the olden times, you yeah. know, they're like, oh, that guy, come on. But, or in the nineties, actually, he goes to mid nineties. Yeah. That's like a, because you know how a lot of these movies, they had this like anti-intellectual streak or anti-highbrow streak yeah Mm -hmm. this one is going to be like anti you know like wimpy cool kid like uh you know like anti soft boy oh so it's going to be like shamalay goes back to the 90s and he just gets his ass kicked oh the good time uh the good time brothers they beat him up Uh, yes, the Good Time Brothers beat him up, and it's beautiful. And both of them are the same actors. They, no one is in Ex Machina. Um, there's an extended robot sex scene where there's some weird, weird robot pussy eating, and uh, okay, oh, a climax style like a Gaspar Noah. Yeah. You get that, like, and then the X Men Sheena robots sucking yeah, yeah, the dick. Yeah. That's that's in the olden time prestige genre mode. So you yeah. know you, you're at the lighthouse, and yeah. it's like, oh, this is crazy. They ate the se- they fucked the seagull. They fucked the seagull. From the lighthouse, yeah. then you, they say annihilation because that's where the end of annihilation yeah. happens, and then all the the spirits come out and stuff like that. And the Vivich is there, and the robot from Ex Machina is there. James Franco, Spring Breakers is there. James Franco as Riff Raff is there, <laughs> yeah. and they're all just like wait, played like, by Riff Raff. Who's gonna make the first move? You know, who's yeah. gonna start fucking who first? <laughs> Uh, then you get uh, <laughs> it, uh, Ethan Hawke from First Reformed. <laughs> that's how they get out of the time machine. Is they they're like, how are we? That's what they're trying to do. They're trying to summon the power to go back into 2020, yeah. the hell world. Yeah, uh, but they can't do it, and they can't live in the olden times anymore. So Ethan Hawke just detonates the vest, was, and that's the end of that thread. I was gonna say that's you know the the, the very. Um, insincere ending those movies tend to have. Maybe we, Hawk just walks in with the vest. Yeah. No, he <laughs> suicide vests the eighth grade girl. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then the, then the credits roll and they all they, there's a there's a song and dance sequence yeah. parodying yeah. uh, wet wet ass pussy. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's with the eighth, the eighth grade girl does yeah. the wet ass pussy. 
Also a parody of Cuties. Cuties, yeah. Got it. <laughs> you remember that scene in the Epic movie where they just clearly all of these different tents are shot at different locations, but it's like yeah. each tent is like its own little parody. Like you get a Star Wars group and you get yeah. a Star Trek group and you get a, you know. So at that point, it's just like the world is exploding. You know, future is past, past is future. The spectacular now machine is collapsing the fabric of space time. And we're just cutting to different like <coughs> space time ships that have like, you know, you got the three boys from Moonlight. You yeah. got La La Land. You got uh, uh, you got Whiplash. You know, you got all that good stuff. And uh, yeah, they all come together and do a La La Land-esque number on the freeway. Yeah. And uh, that's how we end them. Oh, and then Ethan Hawke detonates the vest again at the musical number and kills all of yeah. them. And, and then, that's the end. <laughs> and then, no, then the end is then Ben Stiller from While We're Young. Is like is like and cut. Oh yes. If you wanna go and take a ride with me, we three willing in the four with the goatees. Oh why do I live this way? If you wanna go and get high with me, smoke a L in the back of the benzene. Oh why must I feel this way? If you wanna go and take a ride with me, we three willing in the four with the goatees. So why do I live this way?